shaken and disturbed, everyone. As always, I am Darren Carp, and I'm here with my wife, John Thrasher. Vanna, Vanna White. Oh, John my Thrasher. my Vanna wife. My Vanna wife. Your Vanna wife. <laughs> That's, That's what it is. That's a good one. You're Thank so, you. You're so quick and smart. I love that. Oh, I try. That's what makes our relationship so good. It really does, actually. Yes. Um, by the way, I'm excited, Darren, in a sense. Well, maybe I'm not excited because I'm Pum- very excited. If you say pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin I'm spice nuts. latte season go. has arrived on yeah. Shaken and Disturbed. And really I've already had my creamer. You know, we talked about this a while ago. I have my pumpkin spice creamer. I have it right now in my coffee, in fact. Something about and... you saying creamer just doesn't. <laughs> work with me oh but I di- I digress I don't know I don't know What's if I've ever said you? I don't know if I've ever said creamer and creamer's the right term like no <laughs> doubt what it's called. like what, what, that's what, what it's be? right that's what it's called mm-hmm. I just like I don't know if I've ever said creamer I don't know all right, well, all right John thing has happened here on the show everybody. I, I, I'm shaking creamer I'm disturbed well if you can get over the word creamer yeah. Now that you're saying, now that right. you said that, like right. I'm freaked out by saying it. Thank you. Um, it is the first episode of fall 2021. Happy fall. Happy fall. It is one of my favorite seasons. Um, is it? We, well, I think in New York City, I mean, you know, yeah, unlike yeah, the yeah. West Coast, the East Coast is very lush. Where I grew up is very right. lush. We've had a shit ton of rain. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable amounts of rain. So the just when I go home, even to Jersey, it's like green everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, it's gorgeous. And so in the mm-hmm. fall, especially where I'm from, the trees just change. Oh, and yeah. it's very pretty in the suburbs. I've been, I'm, I think you're, t- are you still talking about Montclair? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in Montclair in the fall, and it is just picture perfect over there. I really love it in the fall. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. Well, happy fall to you. Happy um, fall. Now, listen, I know we want to get to today's case kind of right up top because we started doing these NMRs, not murder related. But oddly enough, we definitely want to devote time to the Gabby Petito case. We've been getting your DMs. Mm-hmm. We've been, we hear you guys on Facebook. I've talked about this a few times in a couple of my other um, radio shows. So we're definitely going to deep dive into Gabby Petito and give you your thoughts. I actually am kind of connected to this case. Oh, my God. So I don't even we, know the connection, by the way, everybody. No, you Darren don't. I literally just, I just found out two days ago okay and so for those of you who maybe listen to nmrs later and you listen mm-hmm. to our full episode our nmr this is this is sunday's episode that we're talking right now this is from last thursday so this is from literally three That's days right. ago and granted this case has been changing literally by, by the, the second yeah, yeah so the way john and i talk about it yes it could be old news by today when you're listening That's to right. this but uh give it a listen obviously let us know we'll be updating the case as we go along in our nmrs just want to yes. say that for clarification and you, I don't, you know, as of this recording, I don't know what Darren's connection is. So you're going to have to listen to the NMR episode to find out. It's going to be interesting, I think. Yes. Um, John, <laughs> what are you drinking? And if, oh. and I see in the notes, I'm going to let you kind of, but when this yeah. was announced on our Facebook group, I was like, yeah. literally, John is in his electric vehicle right now going to the store to buy this. Uh, literally, I was. I want to say a big thank you to Terry Lynn in our Facebook group, who... I feel like every couple months, Bailey's comes out with a new flavor of Bailey's. and It's like an Oreo, right? It's like, guess the mystery flavor, right? That's a great way to put it, actually. But apparently there's now an apple pie Bailey's, okay? And... It's too much, people. It's just too much. I'm. I love pie apple is pie. pie. No, pie, pie is pie. Pie. <laughs> pie is pie. Let's keep it with the pie. Let's not drink pie. So Terry Lynn mentioned this, and immediately I called every. Let me let me reiterate this. Every single liquor store of in my town. Did. Of course you did. Because I had to have it. I really really wanted it uh, for today's recording. 
None of them had it, so I don't know if this is a seasonal thing, if it hasn't hit shelves yet, whatever. I'm on a, I'm on the hunt, however. Um, so I couldn't add apple pie Baileys to my pumpkin spice coffee, Gross. which I'm having at the moment. Like just disgusting. Like you're like I'm my birthday. You're like my birthday cake flavored straw is in no, my pumpkin spice latte apple pie creamer, and I'm like. It's Are we lot. just drinking desserts now? Is that what we're doing I, on the show? Listen, yes. The answer is yes. But cool. Cool. I am just having regular Baileys in my coffee. So I'm drinking and drinking coffee at the same time, which is kind of the greatest drink for me when we record these shows in the late afternoons, early evenings um, when we do. So, you know, it, it's a great little pick-me-up and I get a little tipsy. What more can you ask for? Well, Darren, I guess that's true. That is, the, uh, that is the highlight. Well, the goal, I, yeah. I don't love drinking dessert. I think we all know. Um, so I'm kind of going back to my tried and true, my original drink, mm-hmm. uh, a little vodka soda. Vodka I put soda. A, a little lime in there. Nothing too crazy. Uh, it is getting fall now, so I think I'm going to probably str- like switch You're over to something. maybe... Yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit more warmth in my life. Um, I like some that. creamer or something. But oh uh, dear, okay. Yeah. Oh, by oh the way, dear. oh dear, oh dear. By the way, we are. Ba- I'm back in Maryland. In case anyone isn't aware, um, yes, we had done a couple shows. Well, one from Darren's apartment. The other, I was in New York, and I think and you were I in was LA. in LA. Yeah, yeah we're all over the place. We're those people that are just doing too much at times. Guys, you know me. I've talked about TikTok so much on this show. I buy a lot of beauty and skin products that I see on there, but none of them have stacked up to Thrive Cosmetics. All Thrive Cosmetics products are formulated without parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. Thrive Cosmetics never tests on animals. They're Leaping Bunny and PETA certified as 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which, as you know are things that we take very seriously on this show. Now, I know Darren has been talking a lot and loving um, her Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara and the Eye Brightener, but I have been absolutely loving that Sunproof Intensive Lip Balm. It's SPF 24, and I've been using their Bright Balance Cleanser. I'm telling you, these products are fantastic. Earlier this summer, I tried that Fresh Mint Intensive Lip Balm, and I'm happy to say that I've loved it so much, I'm going to buy even more. This is like the first lip balm that I've used that feels like it stays on kind of like all day, and it really kept my lips moisturized. Um, I played a lot of tennis this summer. I'm going to be outside a lot this fall at the pumpkin patches, picking apples, you know, doing my fall girl stuff, frankly. And um, yeah, I just really love this intensive lip balm. Um, Also... For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive, i.e. women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. And this is so unique and inspiring, which is a huge reason why we wanted to support them here on our show. We love everything about Thrive Cosmetics. Their products are the best I've ever used, and their Bigger Than Beauty mission, which I just mentioned, is truly inspiring. You're going to love them as much as I do. Visit thrivecosmetics.com shaken for 15% off your first order that is an exclusive offer that you can only get here that's thrive c-a-u-s-e-m-e-t-i-c-s dot com slash shaken for 15 percent your off your first order thrivecosmetics.com slash shaken on december 29th 1991 just after 8 a.m the owner of the cbs lounge in phoenix arizona arrived to meet 
uh, arrived at his bar to meet a repairman. So I guess he's like the owner or whatever. Of CBS, yeah, lounge. Yes, CBS lounge, which is, is there any connection to CBS television? I don't know. I don't know. I doubt I it. In I don't Phoenix, think so. Arizona? Oh. Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah. But, well, though the bar should have been locked up for the night, the owner found his front door unlocked and the lights inside still on. Now remember, this is just after 8 a.m., so that's kind of a weird time for everything to be... But let me let me also just say, if I found my dwelling of where I was going mm-hmm. unlocked when it should have been locked, oh my god! I'd at least be happy that the lights are on. Like <laughs> I, I, I know true, it's yeah. eight a.m., but I'm I'd just be happy that the no, lights are on. No, that's a great point. That yeah. is an absolute great point. Well, upon entering the bar, he noticed a pool of blood seeping out from under the door to the men's bathroom. Okay, Okay. maybe the light should be off. Okay, Maybe the light should be off in this scenario, because you don't want to see that. But, oh my God, that's crazy. Inside the bathroom, the owner found the lifeless body of his bar manager, Kim Ancona, who had worked the closing shift the night before. 36-year-old Kim had been stripped naked, sexually assaulted, stabbed to death, and left in a pool of her own blood on the bathroom floor. When authorities arrived on the scene, they found a great deal of evidence, including a knife from the kitchen bar, which appeared to be the murder weapon, under a plastic bag in the bathroom trash can. Hmm. Like, this that killer obviously... That seems like an unlikely place to put... Like, that seems the most obvious, stupid Right, place. that's what I was about to say. Like, that's stupid. Like, let me so just throw this away right next to the body. Well, that's why I feel like it's unlikely. Because I well, feel like anyone, go. even in a rush, wouldn't be like, let me just mm. place this murder weapon so delicately near the crime scene. In the scene. trash can. They'll right. never, they'll never they'll look never, here. They're never searching the trash. Right, yeah. right. Well, as the crime took place inside a bar bathroom, the amount of forensic evidence at the scene was overwhelming. Police lifted 50 sets of prints and gathered 17 hairs from Kim's body. Yeah, I mean, imagine, like, wow. you know, the stuff going down in a bathroom. I mean, listen. And frankly, a bar. not to be gross, but yeah, there's a lot right. of DNA uh, hanging out in bathrooms. That makes me so grossed out. I should I be. The, between the creamer and the DNA in the bathroom today, John, it's, it's a lot. Just, it's, it's leaving everyone shaken it's, and disturbed. It's too much. It's too it's much, so actually. Tad. Tad. Well, <laughs> as they examined the body, investigators also discovered bite marks on Kim's Ooh. neck and left breast that were deep enough to leave teeth marks and a necklace-like row of stab wounds around her neck. This is brutal, actually. Wow. Um, They also found blood on Kim's clothing, saliva on her shirt, cheek, and genitals, as well as a small amount of semen. So clearly there was sexual uh, assault, as we mentioned, and it's very obvious in this case. Yeah, and bite marks. um, I mean, deep enough to leave teeth marks. I mean, you can bite someone, but to leave them even... Posthumous. It just seems like a lot. Well, totally. while processing the scene, investigators found Kim's purse on a bar counter, seemingly untouched by her killer, which would at least say to me, not a robbery yeah. gone bad. Well, inside her bag, they found Kim's address book containing the name and phone number for a man named Ray Crone, one of the bar's regulars. And when police spoke to Kim's coworker, it's unclear, like, why they got him like if she has an address book mm-hmm. presumably she kind of has a lot of names oh, so i don't know names, yeah, why yeah. they narrowed it on him but when police spoke to kim's co-workers about the events leading up to her death they learned that a man named ray crone was supposed to help kim close up the bar that evening uh-huh. okay. so they obviously talked to people found her address book then kind of narrowed him down now authorities right. immediately became interested in ray's connection to kim flagging him as a potential suspect now, 34-year-old Ray, a postal worker, was located and initially questioned by police the same day Kim's body was found. Okay. Ray 
denied being in a relationship with Kim, although this seemed to contradict statements kind of given by Kim's colleagues. Remember, he was a bar regular. Mm -hmm. Police searched Ray's house and car and seized shoes and clothing from his dryer. But this is interesting, too, because, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but, like, they're seizing all this stuff, but, like, you know, the shoes in particular, like, you're going to find shoe prints in that bathroom if if he's a regular there. Totally. So, you know, but maybe it, it, enough evidence with Kim's DNA might prove that they were just well, more than friends. Oh, that's a good point. Or even, you know, maybe there's a way to tell like which prints inside of the bathroom are more recent. I don't yeah. know if that's even a thing. I'm not a forensic psych or a forensic analyst, but right. Well, anyway. it, no, exactly. And well, inside Reese's car, investigators found material from a shuffleboard from inside the bar. However, Ray was forthcoming about the fact that he had been a yeah. regular at Kim's bar for quite some time. This bar's regular. Like, they're yeah. regulars at bars all the time. Yeah. Well, one of the investigators on site, Detective Gregory, noticed Ray's crooked teeth, uh-huh. which had been caused by an automobile accident several years prior. I'm wondering if the bite marks are going to come into play oh. here. Well, Ray was asked to bite down on a styrofoam mm. plate to provide a dental impression. Now, we all know that dental records aren't necessarily good for determining a body, not necessarily great in the court of law. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily prove that they're your teeth. But in a later interview, Ray recalls that when police first approached him, quote, the first thing I said was, sure, come inside. However, after the initial search, authorities began, or sorry, brought Ray to the police department for a more thorough interrogation. And Ray recalls, I just cooperated, believing that the ordeal would be over after the three-long-hour interrogation, which, mm-hmm. you know, if a police comes to your door to say, you know, come do this, I have, then yeah. I'm going to cooperate as well, you know? The following day, on December 30th, Ray was approached by police again, this time with a search warrant. And he complied with police requests for blood, hair, and saliva samples, as well as dental casts. Um, casts were also made of the bite marks on Kim's neck and breast. So he's being completely compliant. forthcoming. Yeah, he's complying completely and cooperating with the, the investigation. Right. Well, upon investigation of these samples, a dental examiner determined that the bite marks were consistent with the impressions of Ray's teeth. Now, again, doesn't we're obviously letting the case unfold, but we're kind of picking it apart one by one with the evidence <laughs> right. that we know. And I think... Again, that a, a sexual act doesn't imply a long-term relationship, nor does it imply murder. So it could have yeah. been a sexual thing as opposed to a non-consensual sexual thing. That's absolutely true. And yes, yeah. that's true. Like the bite marks don't necessarily mean that's how that's she something, died. Right. Or that, that it was not consensual. It yeah, right. might have been, but it doesn't necessarily imply that. Yeah. But okay. Well, Ray told authorities that although he had socialized with Kim in the past, he was not in any sort of relationship with her. Aside from the dental marks, none of the physical evidence at the scene could either include or exclude Ray as a suspect. Well, that's hard, you know. So it's really just, yeah, it's really just the bite marks. In spite of the lack of evidence, Ray recalls police being extremely accusatory with him. Quote, the detective said, it's time to come clean and tell the truth. I know you did it, but my honor and my integrity was something I was always proud of. And Ray refused to admit to a crime he had not committed, according to him. Okay. And on December 31st, Ray was arrested and charged with Kim's kidnapping, rape, and murder. Because of his crooked teeth and their major connection to the case, Ray became known by the media as, you can probably guess, the snaggletoothed killer. Because God forbid. I mean, I'm just going to say, arguably one of the least threatening names. Well, that's true. Yes. But it's just weird how we like, I don't know, American media and media everywhere likely 
just kind of needs to put like a branding and and you know what I mean like I don't know it's just weird to me but well I mean like better than like the ugly face killer like well, I always it's like sure. such appearances you know a lot of it has right. to do with like location Green River For you know sure, yeah. the Visalia Ransacker but uh, when it comes to appearances like mine would be like kitten lover mine would be my AOL screen name it'd be like <laughs> Soccer star Soakers. killer. Yes. Soccer star. Yours would be like anime spice killer. It's like X, one, three, five. Archangel X Men one three right. five killer. Archangel four five six killer. Yeah, that That's what me. it. Listen, it's threatening. That, if you if you've if you've uh, been in my neck of the woods, you might know that killer. It might be me. I don't know. Just right, throw it out there. I'm shook, but you are. Ray, Ray's first trial began on July 27th, 1992, and lasted eight full days. The prosecution's case focused on the alleged relationship between Ray and Kim, as well as the dental evidence. No, I think dental evidence nowadays, I'm not sure exactly 30 yeah. years ago how serious it was taken compared to today, but I just don't think that's enough to, like, that can't be the only evidence you have in a case these days. Well, I just got spooked because I cannot believe 1992 was 30 years ago yes sweetie we're in our 30s that's weird we're in our 30s i just want you to know i know it's weird keep going but you make great points keep going thank you well one of kim's (laughs) friends testified that ray had given kim a ride home after helping her close the bar a few days before the murder also stating that the two had kissed under the mistletoe at the bar's recent christmas party again not implying a relationship like Anyone yeah. can make out under mistletoe. It's I kind mean, of that's the trope the point. of it. Right, yeah. that's the point. Well, <laughs> one of Kim's co-workers also testified that on the evening of her death, Kim had mentioned that she didn't need help closing the bar because Ray was going to help her close. Mm. However, And I would assume, now this is just an assumption here, but if I'm a woman working at a bar late at night, closing up into the wee early hours of the morning, yeah. I'm going to want a guy with me, but I'm only going to want a guy with me that I absolutely trust. That's true. Yeah, no, for So sure. this implies, I think, some sort of mutual trust, at least but how Kim was feeling. With yeah, Ray. and I think to your point, it's like, it's one thing if it's like an office or whatever, but it's like the nightlife scene and God right. only knows if people are drinking as a woman, I would definitely be thinking that as well, Darren, just because of the safety of it all. Well, Ray claimed to have gone to bed early that night that he was, you know, probably going to help her close a claim that was actually backed up by his roommate's testimony. So the prosecution claimed that this alibi didn't hold water as Ray could have snuck out in the middle of the night, committed the murder and returned home without his roommate necessarily knowing, which is always possible. Well, the bite marks were crucial to the prosecution's case as they had no other physical evidence pointing to Ray's guilt. The cast of Ray's bite marks were compared at a trial uh, to the bite marks found on Kim's body, and Ray's crooked teeth appeared similar to the bites on the body, and the state's dental expert concluded that this was indeed a match. In fact, the prosecution's star witness was a Nevada state senator, Nevada state senator and college (laughs) professor, as well as the deputy coroner who presented a video comparison to the jury of Ray's dental mold compared to the mold created during autopsy. Now, the defense's dental expert denied that the bite was left by Ray. However, this expert was only a dentist and less credible compared to the prosecution's expert. okay. Which, okay, to be fair, but, okay, wait. The forensic evidence found at the scene was extremely inconclusive. DNA testing technology was in its infancy and and proved inconclusive. Ray and Kim both had type O blood, which was the only type recovered from the pool at the scene, which would kind of make sense. You know, I mean, universal donor here. But again, even if the prosecution can prove that it's Ray's dental marks on this girl and that it's Ray's like fucking teeth doesn't imply murder at all. It's 
it's right. it it implies that they had a relationship of some sort that they interacted. If he was saying no, I've never seen her before, then okay. Mm-hmm. But no one's claiming that here. So this is yeah. my sort of problem: is that like the the prosecution's using this one piece of evidence, which also doesn't imply guilt either. So it's true. And I think when I think about what you're saying, though, I also think of like, yes, I think you and I as podcasters know this who do true crime shows, but. I'm wondering how a typical jury would take all of that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you kind of look at juries and you hope that they're smart like that. And you hope that the defense, by the way, can can explain all of that. Because regardless of the of the guilt or innocence here, what you're describing is a true statement. You know, just because someone is bitten doesn't mean they've been murdered by that same person who was bitten. So... But I think I I can see a jury having a hard time getting to where I think you and I are regarding that particular detail. Well, I mean, you know, this is important for juries. I mean, this is why yeah. that whole um, Scott Peterson thing is going to get overturned mm-hmm. because apparently that one juror kind of c- concluded before she 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 um, lied on the stand, you know, in order to get on the jury jury in order to put Scott Peterson away, and oh so she God. was already going in biased. And when you do that. Whether or not Scott is guilty or not, which we could argue all day, but when you do that, it you fucks up the yeah. You have bias, and it fucks up the jury, and it fucks up the process. And listen, you'd want that. You'd want. I understand wanting to put somebody away, but at the same time, like imagine putting an innocent person away. This is my right. point about the Innocence Project. So, yes, to your point of all of this kind of going Absolutely. down, that a, 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 a blank slate of a jury is very important here. Absolutely. Well, Ray and Kim both had very similar hair, so Ray's couldn't even be excluded from the hair that was found at the scene, nor could it be determined that the hairs didn't belong to Kim. So there's a lot of like, is it this, is it that, but they're not really able to conclude a lot of this stuff because of how similar their hair is, which, by the way, what a coincidence. Right. But at no point during the investigation or trial did Ray deny knowing Kim. However, he did deny having, quote, been with her, um, as in been with her sexually, the prosecution, however, interpreted this statement as Ray's denial of having ever been associated with Kim in any way. So he's right, basically which is not like, the same. He's just yeah, not he, having a sexual relationship. Right. That's what he's saying. And they interpreted it, I guess, in a different way. It's the opposite of you and me, which is just sex. We don't know each other outside of that, right? Exactly. Like, we right. know nothing else. Right. Cool. Cool. Well, during trial, this statement was pointed to as indicative of Ray's guilt, along with his initial nervousness at being investigated as a potential suspect. Fucking horrible. Who isn't nervous? being investigated oh as a potential God. suspect. Like, when I get pulled on. over, I get nervous. Right. I have diarrhea. Right. Oh, well, well that's uh, a oh. TMI. Okay. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh dear. at trial, Ray testified that <laughs> he and Kim had never been romantically involved, but that he'd interacted with her socially outside the bar, including the night of the Christmas party. So now you have to think, okay, well, now he's saying they've never been romantically involved. So then, okay, well then how the bite marks get there if they are his? So there's a lot of moving parts to this. Aside from the ba- uh, the bite marks, there was a marked lack of evidence tying uh, Ray to the crime, crime in any single way. The prosecution's case was extremely circumstantial, based heavily on Ray's word choice, stating that he'd never, quote, been with Kim and almost nothing else. So now we're getting hung up on... You know, the syntax of sentences, which is never a good place to be in a murder uh, in a murder case. Well, and words matter, right? Because like, mm-hmm. obviously, when he's like, I've never been with Kim, I think at least people of our ilk or age would be right. like, OK, so they know each other. They just haven't like, fuck, they haven't been right. sexual. Well, but with like go. older generations, maybe they're interpreting it as something different. 
Yeah, totally. However, after eight days of deliberation, Ray was found guilty of Kim's kidnapping and felony murder, but was acquitted of the sexual assault, assault charge. Assault charge? Assault charge. charge. During sentencing, the judge stated that the bite mark, which was inflicted near or after Kim's time of death, demonstrated that her killing was especially cruel, heinous, and depraved. He then sentenced Ray to death. Mm. The defense team appealed the ruling and Ray's conviction, and while in prison awaiting a decision, Ray recalls seeking comfort and inspiration to continue his fight from the Bible stories of Jonah and Job, stating, quote, I found strength, I picked myself up, and I realized I wanted to fight this system. I better know this system, end quote. Well, what oh, a yeah. beautiful statement. I yeah. mean, regardless of guilt now, you know, I think we all kind of maybe know how this is going to end up, but I think yeah. that's very important. I think in order to fight the system, you're going to have to know the rules of the system. For and sure, yeah. Ray began frequenting the prison law library, eventually learning the law so well that he was able to become a legal, um, like a legal, like paralegal, basically, yeah. to help huh. other inmates. After four years on death row, Ray was granted a new trial, which started oh in 1996 and lasted seven weeks this time, not eight days. This time, Ray was able to hire a private defense team instead of using his court-appointed counsel, which we all know. And granted, you're a court-appointed person, like you're a public defender, great to you. They're just, mm-hmm. they have so many cases that it's a lot easier if you can have the funds to hire a private defense team who yeah. can focus solely on you. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I was wondering like how he could do that, you know? Like how do you have the funds for that? Maybe he already had them? I don't know. I'm curious, but we'll never know. Yeah, well, this time Ray's defense was focused on the bite mark evidence, DNA evidence, and shoe print evidence. Mm. Uh, The prosecution's case was, again, largely built on circumstantial evidence, such as the fact that Ray had done his laundry the day after the murder. I mean, I do my laundry every day. And the particles from the shuffleboard court found in his car. The prosecution did, of course, use the bite mark evidence as well, bringing in a state expert to testify that the bite marks on Kim's body matched the unique pattern of Ray's teeth. However, this time the defense team fought back, claiming the prosecution's evidence was flawed and not a perfect match. They also found out that the prosecution had failed to disclose a report from an expert stating that the bite marks oh. did not, in fact, match Ray's teeth. Oh, I what a weird thing to it. forget. Right, big thing to just leave out of a report yeah. of this fucking guy. Now, the defense also attacked the credibility of the state's expert. It turned out the expert who gave testimony was not actually a board-certified forensic on, um, odontologist, as he claimed. How are these people not fucking arrested? They just well, don't also, care. Like, they just don't care about these innocent people. They just want to get these fucking cases solved. Yeah, and they don't want to have, like, their case prolonged for, like, a year at a time or any of this. They would just rather put somebody away and, and wash their hands of it because of their own yeah. personal careers. But also, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that wishes... I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know who's to blame for this in particular, but, like, how does somebody who is not a board-certified forensics odontologist... Why are they able to even enter any Get of up this? There. Yeah, like why is that even allowed? There should be there should be guards for this. There should be what's the word? Like hurdles to getting into a courtroom and, and yeah, testifying so, like that. Some sort of barrier here because yeah. like anyone can say anything and Right. During the investigation, authorities had collected several pairs of Ray's shoes as evidence, which were all size 11 or 11 and a half. Defense noted that the shoe prints collected at the crime scene were logged as Converse shoe prints, very iconic uh, shoe print, sure. roughly size 9.5 or 10. So none of the shoe oh prints found connected God. to the killing would have even fit Ray. I mean, guys, this is CSI 101. 
I mean, well, it's like they're trying to prove that Ray was in the bar, therefore he was in the bar with her, right. he knew her, therefore he killed her, which is just right. illogical. But if they're finding, um, you know, shoe prints that are connected to the killing that are not a match for him, I mean, well, right, how that, much more... <sighs> right, he's not stuffing his feet into, like, two sizes, two small right. shoes. Like, to if whatever. anything, they'd be bigger. Right, I you know? agree with you. Yeah. Well, it turns out that the majority of the DNA evidence found at the scene was inconclusive. Remember, I think, I, I mean, I'm only assuming here, I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but because of all of the DNA that they could con- sure. they could capture in a bathroom, that has to be part of the reason. However, this time during trial, the state's expert admitted during cross-examination that his tests had found that the DNA found on Kim's clothing, as well as the sperm evidence, let's not forget that, there was semen involved, couldn't have come from Ray. That's, I mean, a lot of creamer on this fucking podcast today. A lot of creamer. creamer. Um, I'm sure they're like, um, no, ma'am, it's apple pie, not pumpkin spice. This clearly right. belongs to John Thrasher. Right. But That's exactly how this would unfold. I of course it would if it happened today. But, I mean, this is like, did the first trial in eight days even happen? Right. Like, I know. I, it's like, how did, how did. How did this come to this? How does how do we get here? And well, all the while, this fucking guy sitting on death row. Yeah, on death row of all places, right. Well, additionally, some of the DNA found on her body positively excluded Ray as the source. However, the prosecution explained this away with the fact that Kim had been found in a public restroom and that the DNA could have come from the bathroom floor or through working as a bartender all night. Sure. Sure, I agree with that. After a three-week-long retrial, the jury once again found Ray guilty of Kim's murder. Somehow. This time, Ray was sentenced to a minimum of 46 years in prison rather than death. So, okay. The sitting judge commented that, quote, this is one of those cases that will haunt me for the rest of my life, whether I did the right thing, end quote. So then why are you giving someone 46 years? Well, I mean, if you believe that they did it, you know, there's a lot of... But at the same time, like whether or not you did the right thing, it's like if you don't, it has to be beyond a reasonable, a reasonable doubt. If there's doubt, any, exactly. if there's any reasonable doubt, then yeah, you can't then do you, this. You can't be sentencing someone to forty six years either. Yeah. Well, Ray recalls, "quote It was a death sentence. I knew I might not be executed, but I wasn't going to live that long in there." End quote. Ray's family and defense team refused to give up. His parents mortgaged their home to pay for Ray's legal fees. Yeah. In two thousand one, the defense team filed an application to DNA test the biological evidence found at the murder scene on Kim's clothing, a beer, a glass and a substance on the bathroom floor a year later the dna test was completed and all of the results excluded ray well he must have done it then so he must have done it clearly by the way why um why did it take a year like that's another thing like are we really that backed up in every dna lab in the country that takes a year yes well when the findings were run through the fbi's dna database which, by the way, you know, it's 2001 now. A lot has changed in terms of uh, sure. DNA and, and, and databases, frankly. The internet has become a thing. They positively matched a man named Kenneth Phillips, who was already in prison for an unrelated sexual assault. Mm. And Kenneth had been living, are you ready for this? Just a few blocks away from the bar at the time of Kim's murder. You know, I was saying this the other day on this radio show, and I said most crimes happen close to home. It's usually someone it's that true. lives It's very rarely for someone to just, like, fly in from Europe, kill a million <laughs> and people, and then go home. Like, it just, right. like, it's that's just not occurring. And so... Right. That again, him living a few blocks doesn't necessarily conclude anything. No, but, but like there are, he's there are in prison behavioral... for 
Yes. Sorry, yes. So there are behavioral kind of evidence overlapping here. And on right. April 5th, 2002, Ray and his defense team presented this overwhelming evidence of his innocence and requested his release. The request, however, was official, was initially denied. However, they appealed the decision. And on Monday, April 8th, the state also petitioned the court for Ray's release. Now, in my mind, what I'm thinking is like, listen, DNA evidence is concluding that it's some other fucking dude is already in prison for this kind of said thing that he killed this woman for. Uh, why the fuck is this request initially denied? But there's a lot of ego that goes into that. And there's a lot of things about the police department and even mm-hmm. prosecutors, judges, lawyers who don't want to get it wrong. And so they well, literally yeah. rather put a man away in prison than admitting their own fault in, well, my, in a lot of cases. I agree with you. That happens all the time. That's one thing I've learned from doing so many shows with you over the years is like a lot of police departments aren't really doing the right thing sometimes. But I th- I wonder if the re- request being initially denied might have been because they needed to investigate this other guy and like haven't got hadn't gotten to that at some point. Like that's my only... That's the only thing I can think of, but it looks like the state also petitioned for his release and got, and it looks yeah. like he was able to leave. So I don't know. That's interesting too. Yeah, that is interesting. Okay, so Ray, Ray was able to leave prison the same day, but was still subject to his conviction. After his release, more tests were run on the remaining evidence, including blood from Kim's jeans and underwear, which were found to oh have come God. from that motherfucker Kenneth, Kenneth Phillips. Additionally, fingerprints found at the scene, which were thought at first to be irrelevant evidence, were matched to Kenneth. Ray's conviction was finally thrown out on April 29th, 2004. Ray was the hundredth person to be exonerated from death row in the state of Arizona. Congratulations, Ray. And the fact that, I'm going to just say that again. Ray was the hundredth person in only Arizona to be exonerated from death row. This is why we cannot have the death penalty, people. This is just, this is exactly why. They could have committed a hundred murders. The state government could have committed a hundred murders in Arizona alone, if not for the Innocence Project. And that was as of 2004. So think about everything else that's happened since. In one state. Yeah. Well, of course, after his release, Ray was a very interesting interviewee to the media nationwide. During one right. interview, he was asked how he was able to justify God leaving him in prison for 10 years. That's something I would like to know. Yeah. Uh, quote, I was stunned, frozen, says Ray, but he ultimately answered, maybe it's not about those 10 years spent in prison. Maybe it's about the next 10 years. Well, that's a great w- outlook in life after you've spent 10 years in prison. Since his release, Ray has become a zealous advocate for prison reform and has openly shared his story with others, especially speaking to classrooms full of law students. Thank God. Wow. At a speaking engagement with the BYU Law School, Ray ended his time by reminding students, quote, you have what you know is right and wrong, what you believe in deeply. When you go out in the profession, you pursue that. You stand for the values. You change the system. Don't let the system change you, end quote. Couldn't agree more with that. I love that. Yeah. In 2003, Ray founded an organization called Witness to Innocence, an organization whose mission is to empower exonerated death row survivors and fight to end the death penalty in the United States. And by the way, this is 2003. I mean, that's a pretty long time ago at this point. 20 years ago. And way before, you know, I feel like even like Serial and like I think the Innocence Project became a more mainstream uh, kind of resource for people. So that's very admirable that he would 
you know, spend his time and, and energy doing something like that. Yeah. On August 18th, 2006, Kim's real killer was finally brought to justice. Kenneth, Phil- Kenneth Phillips pled guilty to her murder. Initially, the county attorney's office sought the death penalty, but eventually dropped the request. Kenneth was sentenced to a term of 53 years to life in prison for Kim's rape and murder. And I'm curious <sighs> what Ray would say about a potential death penalty Um uh, sentence in this case given that this guy sure. was sort of running you know what I mean it's interesting no I mean and you know I can't speak for Ray um, but even for me again never committed a crime never have been convicted of a crime never been on death row all of that so I'm speaking with 100% privilege of just being able to kind of sure, speak yeah. about this without necessarily having an emotional connection but I imagine because Ray has sort of experienced that he's probably it's hard to be okay with death of one and not of another um, yeah I'm sure he wants Kenneth behind bars and, you know, thinks that he should definitely go to prison for life. But I would be hard-pressed to think that Ray thinks he deserves to be killed. It just... Yeah, I would agree, probably. You know, I I don't know. But that's just kind of my conjecture. But obviously, a lot of injustice turning to justice kind Mm -hmm. of at the end of the day with this. Um, Obviously, I get very angry with stuff like this just because it's like... I know. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It could easily have been avoided, avoided if people's egos. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like the prison system and what we have right now is the justice system, I'll say. And listen, we're going to go with the Gabby Petito thing in our NMR. So, um, right. you know, go, ba- go back and listen to Thursday's episode of that. But it's not perfect because it's humans and humans yeah, have errors yeah. and they have errors. And so it's just, it's just one of those cases. But I'm glad that Ray got out and can live a full life. And I'm glad that... Um, she got justice, you know, that Kim got justice for... For sure. Oh my and God, her family yeah. got justice by putting away the wrong, the right person. The right person, um, totally. Yeah. Well, obviously, let us know what you think about this case. Uh, at Jay Thrasher, at Carpe Darren, on our Facebook group, please, Shaken and Disturbed. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you. Tag us. We love hearing from you guys. It's very important. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into listener shout-outs as we wrap up the show, Darren. Catherine yeah, take in the our, first one. Yeah, Catherine in our Facebook group says, quote, Just an FYI, sussy and sus have become so integrated into my vocabulary I now saw this. that I have repeatedly had to go back and delete these words from my notes. I am an oncology NP, and I don't think my patients out or legal team would appreciate sussy or sus. I laughed to myself and just thought you lovely people would really appreciate that. So thank you, Catherine. That's hilarious. Well, and also like oncology NP, like wow but could you yeah. imagine being like hey there's a there's lump in your going on yeah there, there, there. this lump is a little sussy like yeah. would that make me feel at ease maybe well, i'm sure that they you know what i think it is she's probably you know writing suspicious like this no of this course moment, yeah, right. th- or this area is suspicious and wants to say sussy so there you go we're influencing people's def- you know professions darren one way or another i don't know about well, that well, John, you gave out some more relationship advice this week when Jen and our Facebook group wrote, uh, NMR, serial killer trait, guys, LOL, my husband bites his stri- cheese strings. First off, it's string cheese, but that's fine. Instead <laughs> of peeling them. John, what did you tell her? And I believe that I backed I, you up on this. Yeah, I told her that unfortunately after assessing the situation, it was time to divorce her husband. And You assessed mm-hmm, the sus? I assessed the situation. <laughs> I assessed yes. the cheese. I assessed where we are just in life spiritually. And I thought in 2021, if you're doing this, when there's so many resources to figure out how to eat cheese strings. Okay. Let me also say this. Okay. (laughs) I'm, I'm adding to this because 
I did a video or something where I was like, why are people eating their yeah. fucking string cheese like this? I this is wrong. That. I was like, this is wrong. And I got a couple DMs. They were like, better than digging your dirty fingernails into it. And I'm like, who's digging their dirty Who? fingernails into Here's their string the cheese? The I thing. don't even have fingernails and yeah. I eat string cheese like that. So it's like, yeah, don't dig your dirty fucking fingernails yeah. in your string cheese. Peel it. <laughs> With your fucking hands like a normal person. Or do what you should be doing and wash your hands and then voila, you don't have dirty fingernails, guys. Like, yes. But and also, I don't, I don't even have fingernails. Like, I literally cut them so short that I can't even scratch myself and I'm oh, able dear. to still eat string cheese. So I'm just... Oh, boy. Like, there's... You know what? There might not be one right way to eat a string cheese, but there's plenty of wrong ways and all of you guys are wrong. That's all I'm saying. Well, like, it's just... It's very annoying. You know what, Jen? You, you have a lot of gr- of spiritual growth to get to, and I we hope that you're well, and you yeah. and your husband are well. By the way, I we always hope your thought, husband is well. Rather, we hope your husband is well. And there's lots of NMR uh, serial killer traits being posted in our Facebook group. And this is not the first person I said that has to divorce her husband. This is probably the fifth. Well, no, one we've I've had we've said say. this a, a lot about people. Yeah, yeah like I've. I think I've even told parents, I'm like, just leave your kid outside and don't let them come in for a little while if they're going to put their pants on like that. Like, this is just totally. like, this, yeah. we have Listen, a standard to protect here on Shaken and Disturbed. Not only that, but this is the value you get for subscribing to our show. You get a murder episode, you get case details, you get relationship advice, you get child parenting advice. What more could you ask for? All the more reason to sign up to our Patreon, guys, and help us support um, our advice column that we've been dishing out every single week, obviously, because we need help. You know what I mean? We need the money to suss out our intellect from the commoners. That's not a bad idea. Maybe we should do an advice column on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, it's needed. It's By the way, needed. we're going to kick off another episode here where we um, thank Megan by counting down. And wherever you are in the world listening to this episode, you need to say out loud, thanks, Megan, when we get That's there. That's right. So, are Darren, you guys let's ready? do it together. Here we go. Okay, ready. One, One two, two, three. three. Thanks, thanks, Megan. <laughs> a Sorry, little bit I... of a delay since hey. we're not together, but that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. Who doesn't Thanks, like a Megan, delayed for, thanks? For all the great uh, show produ- production today. Darren, it's been great chatting with you once again. And yes, and hopefully we'll have more updates um, right. after, uh, about Gabby Petito on NMR, although things kind of seem to be, and not winding down, but at least becoming more yes. conclusive. But maybe next week's NMR will have more updates from our Love Thursday it. one. And thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.